In today's show, we're talking Sacramento Kings with the host of the Locked On Kings podcast, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Yesterday, I told you that today's show, I could be coming in here like really, really sad, really depressed or extraordinarily, uh, extraordinarily happy. Doggies, doggies, doggies. Oh, yeah, the Western Bulldogs, they are through to the AFL Grand Final after what was a, uh, a game that didn't involve a huge amount of stress to watch because we smashed them. It was amazing. So we are off to our second Grand Final in the uh, last six seasons, I believe. After going making it two of those in our first 91 seasons, we are now into our second in the last six. So it is a, it's a pretty rare feeling, and I'm pretty bloody excited about it. So I've now got two weeks to wait until the grand final's on, and uh, I'm not sure how my, uh, how my nerves are going to go with that. But uh, Brownlow medal tonight. Let's see if we can get another win there. We will, uh, we will see. That's enough footy talk. Or, hey, drop some footy comments in the YouTube comments below if you want. How bloody good were the dogs last night? Anyway, we're going to talk Sacramento Kings, a team which has... A million point guards in a million centers. We're going to try and get to the bottom of what all of that means with Matt George of Locked On Kings. Let's bring him in now. Matt George, welcome back to the show. It's good to be here, Josh. Thank you so much for having me. Let's talk some Kings. I know you love looking. Do uh, I know you love to do it. I know you look forward to talking Kings every single uh, opportunity you get. So everybody does. So let's talk them. Let's uh, let's talk Kings. We do love it because we. Uh, I need to get to the bottom of why there's six centers on this roster. We'll get to that <laughs> a little bit later on in the show. But as we start all these shows off, Matt, the first thing that I ask all of my uh, guests, my experts, is who is your projected starting five? And I don't think there's really much controversy with this one. Yeah, projected starting five for me as of right now. The the biggest, I guess, controversy with this starting five is wondering whether some of these players, specifically Buddy Heald, uh, is going to be on the team come training camp. But assuming this will or this roster is set, the starting five, in my opinion, is going to be De'Aaron Fox starting at the one, Tyrese Halliburton starting at the two. He has to start at the two. Buddy Heald starting at the three just because. I don't know necessarily if I have a defense for it, just because Harrison Barnes at the four. Uh, and then Rashawn Holmes is at the five. I'd say one uh, Fox at the point guard and, and Holmes at the five are probably the most established starting positions. The rest is is kind of up for grabs still. Well, I guess Buddy Heald starting at the three would have to be just because he'd have a cry if that was uh, if not was not going to be the case and he was to come off the bench. But yeah, I agree. Tyrese Halliburton needs to start. Um, but we saw last season that it was. Walton was so resistant to doing that, like, you know, starting Marvin Bagley or starting Mo Harkless at times at the three and the four. Just weird combinations. To me, this is clearly the best lineup, especially having Harrison Barnes at the four. Yeah, Buddy's not ideal as a three, but as you said, I'm not really sure what else they do in that position. Like, the the lack of wings on this team is a real concern, but I think Buddy is going to be able to fill that position better than anybody else at this point. In terms of the bench rotation... um, you gave me a group of your guys there. So let's go through what you've got, and then we'll talk about the, a little bit about this bench group. 
Yeah, I actually don't think that this uh, this rotation is going to be 10 men deep. I think Luke Walton would prefer a eight to nine man rotation. Now he had to pretty much have a six to seven man rotation at the start of last season just because of how bad the Kings bench was. This Kings bench was partially upgraded uh, at the trade deadline last year and then some more minor upgrades made. I'm not going to say any major upgrades made. Uh, maybe the biggest upgrade is the, the drafting of Davion Mitchell, who many believe in Sacramento could work his way into the starting position eventually he has to get minutes somehow uh somehow and somewhere uh, and we believe we will see featured that three guard fox halliburton mitchell lineup at some point although i don't know what that looks like but davion mitchell is, is the sixth man for this team assuming that buddy healed uh is is in the starting lineup marvin bagley we have down at the four uh should get minutes some argue that he's the best option for the kings to start at the four spot i disagree i also don't want to reward him for everything that's been going on and just push him right back into the starting lineup. I'd rather him get those points and earn those minutes. Uh, Mo Harkless should get some playing time. He was a nice pickup for the Sacramento Kings. I thought bringing him back. And then when it comes to the fourth guy off the bench, with the amount of guards that the team has and with Buddy Heald still getting significant minutes, I don't know how much playing time uh, Terrence Davis gets, uh, but he certainly warrants playing time. And then the weird trade of DeLon Wright for Tristan Thompson. I imagine he's going to expect to play. I like Alex Len a lot. He was great for the Kings in limited action a couple seasons ago when he was here, so I would like him to get some playing time. I don't know how this rotation is going to work. That's why you see a slash between Len and Thompson at the bottom because like you said, and like you alluded to at the beginning, I mean, it's there's a lot of bigs and not a lot of minutes to go around. Yeah, because uh, we could have Damian Jones, who they decided to guarantee his contract to play center. They also drafted uh, Nemius Kader. Not that he's necessarily going to get minutes, or the best backup center might actually be Chimizy Metu. And I don't know where yes. the hell he's going to get minutes on this team. Like, the construction of this team is confusing at this point with all these centers. And then, again, you're much higher on Davion Mitchell than I am. I think mainly because your two current best players or your best prospects are both point guards. You know, Tyrese Halliburton is sort of a point guard, but you do want the ball in his hands. Like, he can play off ball. I'm not really sure where Mitchell's role is this season, given his perhaps lack of reliable shot. Look, maybe he shoots well, maybe he doesn't. I'm not ready to put my trust in that at this point. And yeah, I'd like for the ball to be in either Fox or Halliburton's hands for majority of the time. His defense is useful, but is the offensive game enough when you could be getting, say, Terrence Davis's offense out there coming off the bench? Because yeah, Mo Harkless isn't an offensive option. Alex Len, Tristan Thompson aren't. Yeah, Marvin Bagley is all offense at this point, but how long is he going to be on the team? So is there just a lack of offense coming in that uh, in that bench unit there? Well, the thing is, too, is, is this Kings team knows that they can score. They've never had an issue scoring. Yeah, Last year, true. they scored the basketball just fine. Uh, it's defensively, they just couldn't stop anybody. So if, if I'm Luke Walton, and, and from what I understand, what the Kings are going to do with Davion Mitchell is they're, um, they're probably hoping for him to trend more on the upside with his offense than anything. But if Davion Mitchell comes in and just has a pulse on defense and and, and better yet, if Davion's Mitchell's defensive intensity that we saw in college and we saw in flashes in the summer league. Now, of course, summer league, very different. Peyton Pritchard is one thing, but how about when you're guarding like a guy like Steph Curry or Damian Lillard, right? Um, but if, if he can provide some of that intensity that's maybe infectious for the rest of the guards, Tyrese Halliburton showed a high basketball IQ defensively, but he doesn't have that work rate. De'Aaron Fox can have that work rate, but when there's so much expected on him as a scorer, he doesn't provide that that defensive work rate at times. So I think the expectation for Davion Mitchell really is just to come in and, and do some stuff, do good on the defensive end, and then the offense will figure itself out. Um, 
I, I agree with you with Terrence Davis more reliable as an offensive option and not horrible defensively, but also not great. So a general answer to your question is this team's not really worried about scoring right now. They're worried about playing guys that are going to give effort on the defensive end of the floor. It's another reason why they liked Mo Harkless so much. But at the same time, too, if you're trying to focus so much on defense and all of a sudden when you're when Fox and Halliburton come out of the game, the scoring just plummets, that's going to be an issue. Yeah, look, you could say, look, they scored well, which they did. But then if it's all concentrated in one group and then the other group has no score and then you have that weird sort of balance. But, Matt, I'll say one thing. There's only one direction the defense can go from last season. It, <laughs> you I, think? I don't think it can get any worse. I don't think it's legitimately possible for it to get any worse. Um, so it, it can only get better. They might still be 30th, but they still will be better. It's impossible to be worse than what they were last season. But if you are ready to transition from talking about bad Kings defense and talking about football and want to place bets on it, the best place to do that is at Bet on. Bet Online is the number one spot for you to go and place all of your college and pro football action. Recording this was college football going on at the moment. I believe Oregon just uh, just upset Ohio State. Go, uh, go the Ducks. And, uh, you can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest in the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest, which is open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today using our promo code LOCKEDON for a 100% welcome bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, or even your favorite Vegas casino game. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the offers they have for the 2021 season. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. You're out here watching your college football. You've got your NFL games tomorrow. You've got your favorite shows that you're going to watch, whatever prime drama you've got happening at the moment or a comedy. It's all in different devices. It's all over the place. It's a hassle. You need to find a better way to get all of your favorite entertainment products together in one place, and that that thing that you need is Direct TV Stream. It gets all of your favorite live and on-demand shows all together in one place. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and TV shows without that hassle. No more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and get rid of the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Check out more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. This is the part of the show, Matt, where we look at injuries. And I think, fingers crossed, I think the Kings come into training camp healthy. For now. (laughs) But would you be surprised if we hear two days into training camp that Marvin Bagley has done something to his knee or his foot or his back or his pride again? I don't know. Yeah, he got his thumb thumb stuck up his ass and sat down too quickly and then uh, ripped the ligaments out. Like something weird will go on with that guy. There's always always something with Marvin Bagley and injuries and controversy and... uh, well, actually, let's get to him now. Is he on this team by the end of the year? No, I don't think so. I, I think if the plan is to have Marvin, if Marvin Bagley's back on this team right now, he's already shown, uh, or the team has already shown that they're they have a desire to get rid of him. And of course, we've heard his camp whining and complaining. We've never heard anything from Bagley other than him liking stuff on social media and taking the Kings out of his bio. So I, I want to make sure I'm, I'm very fair in saying he hasn't said anything, but he also hasn't denied anything that his camp said. And his camp has straight up said, trade my son and fire Luke Walton. And after basically getting Dave Yeager fired or being a large part of why uh, Dave Yeager was fired earlier on. I will say though that Marvin, I hope... Well, I know he doesn't understand, but I hope he recognizes soon that things working out in Sacramento is the best chance for him. Like if if he's traded to, if he's involved in this Philadelphia 76ers Ben Simmons trade that we'd all love to see happen, at least in Sacramento, he's going to a a city that is ruthless, a city that is going to boom out of the building if if he continues to struggle as much as he has. And you're not getting that excuse anymore of like, I know the Kings are low hanging fruit and his camp has tried to, 
take advantage of that to save their image as much as possible. But Sacramento, in Sacramento, you're going to have the longest leash and you're going to have the most opportunity. And you've already almost burned that bridge. And the reality is the Kings no longer view Bagley as part of their core. And the general manager who drafted you, whose reputation is attached to you, he's gone. He's long gone. Monty McNair doesn't have to please you or make you work uh, to save face for him. So to answer your question, no, I don't think he's around. I think the Kings bring him in off the bench. Uh, he he puts up good numbers because he can, he can put up good numbers assuming he stays healthy. He can put up good numbers against the second unit. It won't mean anything. It might not translate to wins a lot, but he'll put up good numbers. Uh, and I think he will use that to boost some sort of value to where he's attached to maybe even Buddy Heald or something else at the trade deadline. That's my that's my opinion on it. He needs to take a look at Michael Beasley or Thomas Robinson or, yeah, most recently, Julia Okafor. Yeah, high top five picks whose game maybe isn't necessarily suited to the modern NBA. Like, Jaleel was just a, a complete dump in a DeAndre Jordan deal and was just waived by the Nets. Like, this is... Yeah, he moves on from Sacramento. Like, he is going to get uh, yeah, dumped and passed around and just treated as a... Yeah, the 300th best player, best player in the NBA that doesn't have that draft capital attached to him. So we'll see if he makes any sort of adjustments to his game or attitude or his camp does or whatever happens. But it is, I agree with you that Sacramento is actually the best spot for him in terms of that because everywhere else he goes, he won't be, uh, it won't be treated with that level of uh, respect or legacy minutes or whatever. However you want to phrase it, let's look at this question, Matt. Darren Fox, at the end of last season, Went on a huge run. The last 20 games, he averaged over 28 points per game. He averaged over two steals. He actually shot free throws well, which was amazing, 78% on eight attempts. He hit 49% of his field goals. He averaged almost seven assists. For fantasy, he was a beast. He was dominating towards the end of the season. He really took a big step forward, I thought. Um, The season didn't end how he would have hoped or the Kings would have hoped. Um, But he he really sort of... It was was a, a switch that was flipped sometime in like February or March. Is that... Yeah, what he was doing, that increase in efficiency, the usage, just him running everything, is that like, a, well, that happens for this short-term period, or is there something that you saw that was different that makes you think that that is, that is the new Fox, that is the new Walton offense? It's him, he's figured it, he's figured it out, he is, he can be this guy, this hyper-efficient, high-usage, running offense player. I almost want to split this question into three questions, which oh, is, can he? Yes. Will he? That's a tough ask. And um, does he have to? For the Kings to be successful, absolutely. Uh, I think Fox said it best because he ended last season out because of COVID, so yep. we didn't get to talk to him for a while. Uh, and then we got the opportunity to speak with him at the end of the season in like a postseason press conference. And my favorite quote from this is Fox basically admitted like, this year I showed that I could be the the guy, right? I could put the team on my back. I could score 30 or 40 points when I need to. And by the way, when he was doing that, winning those Western Conference Player of the Week awards, the Kings had their best stretches of the season. Now, both of those stretches immediately were followed up by nine-game losing streaks, which is just crazy to think about doing that twice. Uh, and during those nine-game losing streaks, Fox was still fine. But what basically Fox says is to be great in the NBA – you got to get rid of the fine. When you're not great, you have to be at least good. Meaning if Fox is not playing at that 30 plus point per game level, he has to be at like what, 24, 25 plus points per game, especially if the Sacramento Kings uh, have any hopes of winning. Like I love some of the additions that they made. I love Tyrese Halliburton. I really like Harrison Barnes. I think Buddy Heald could still be effective. Marvin Bagley, Rashawn Holmes, blah, blah, blah. None of these players, and this team doesn't have a chance in hell of actually making the playoffs, let alone 
or the play in, let alone the playoffs, if De'Aaron isn't playing at good to great basically every single time uh, he steps onto the floor. So that's, I guess, the best way that I can answer the question. Can he do it? I absolutely think he can. In fact, I still think there's another step he can take. It involves free throw shooting and continued uh, improvement as a um, as a three-point shooter. And then I would also like to see some of that offensive load or usage rate drop a little bit so that he can focus on improving as a defender because when he's engaged on the defensive end of the floor, we've seen him do well against some of the top guards, but that's a massive if, Josh. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to see the step that he can take this year. I think he can not not necessarily maintain that level of you know 28-plus point per game scoring, but not far off it. I think he's going to be really interesting to watch this season. One of the players I am excited to see if he can you know, stretch that out over a 75-game regular season versus a 20-game stretch at the end of a lost year. Um, we talked trades a little bit already with Marvin Bagley, but yeah, I think there was some assumption that Heald or Harrison Barnes could have been dealt at last trade deadline. They weren't. Do you think that you know, Harrison Barnes is is great? I love what he does from a community perspective uh, as a player on a team. is a really nice connector. Look, seems to be an awesome teammate, great bloke, all that sort of stuff. But I'm not sure that he fits the timeline of where this team goes. And he has legitimate value to teams that are pushing towards the top of their respective conferences. Healed, it just feels like that welcome has been worn out two plus years ago almost. Who is traded first, or do you think Barnes is actually traded? I, I think, a, a, in terms of a asset play and rebuilding or you know building sort of play, I think Barnes is a guy that you can move for some real assets. But which one of those guys do you think could get moved first? To me, the hesitation with moving Harrison Barnes is historically he is the type of player that has been extremely difficult for the Kings to replace, not just as a locker room. In fact, the locker room presence and the community presence is probably the most replaceable part about him in Sacramento. We're just talking about the wing depth that he provides being a reliable wing. He had arguably the best start to the season of his career. And a lot of those minutes were played at the three. I don't necessarily associate that to position. I associate that to how well the Kings were playing, how well the ball was moving, how much attention was on De'Aaron Fox and how he was able to complement that. Plus Tyrese Halliburton was playing really well. As soon as Tyrese and De'Aaron started having some injury issues, uh, Barnes was moved to the four with their lineup changes. They relied on him more as a scorer and he scored less. Um, So, I think it's more likely that Buddy Heald has moved because his replacement is already here in Tyrese Halliburton, as well as I think Terrence Davis showed last year that Buddy Heald's shooting is maybe not completely replaceable because that's Buddy Heald's elite skill, but Terrence Davis can pick up some of that scoring load of Buddy Heald for significantly less money and probably give you a little bit more all around as a, a ball handler uh, and especially on the defensive end where we know Buddy Heald is is just a rock that everybody just walks right by. Um, so, And I also think it's a good play for the Sacramento Kings to potentially keep Buddy Heald around and then shop him at the trade deadline where I believe his value can be higher, um, especially if the Kings are going to make a move that I expect them to make, which is a go for broke chasing a star type move. I expect the Kings to be in a position where they're either in the play in or hovering right around it. And they're looking the same way. They're looking at Ben Simmons right now. They're looking for that disgruntled star who always becomes available at the trade deadline for some reason and going all in for him. That's what I believe is Monty McNair's plan. Plan. Therefore, Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley, maybe even Harrison Barnes, these are valuable pieces to package together to get that guy. That's that's my prediction if I'm looking into a crystal ball. Matt, do you know how to fix your own car? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, we're going to be a 50-50 split here across Locked On hosts about who knows how to do it. But all Locked On hosts know that if they are, you are going to fix your own car, there's only one place that you can go for parts. You're not walking. You're not driving into a... Well, if your car is wrecked, maybe you're not driving anyway. You're not going to a local chain auto parts store. You're not going to your dealership to get parts for your car. That seems like a waste of time. Well, not it seems. It is a waste of time and it's a waste of money. Why would you spend 30 50 70% more for the same parts when you can go straight to rockauto.com and find all the parts available for your car or truck? Rock Auto is a family business and so they've been serving auto parts customers on Line for the last 20 years, whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. Rock Auto has everything that you need for your car or truck. So go to their website, rockauto.com, find all the parts that you need for your car or truck, and in their How Did You Hear About Us box, write Locked On so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Next question for you, Matt, is what is your favorite flavor of Built Bar? Oh, mint brownie, and it's not even close. I'm still upset that mint brownie lost uh, in our uh, our March uh, bar madness that we did earlier on in the year. But we'll get our revenge next year. Okay, what one? Remind me what won that. I can't remember what one. Was it my, was I, it my mate? Was it cookies and cream? Were we up there? I don't remember. I know the bar that eliminated mint brownie ended up winning, and that was coconut almond, right? Uh, was it? Yeah, coconut almond is good, though. It is good. It is very good. Mint brownie, though, takes the cake. And I'm also a, a fruit guy, too. So I like like the raspberry. I like the orange. Um, but all I haven't tasted a Built Bar that I haven't liked. Yeah, they are. They're all really good. And there's so many different flavors. They're bringing out new flavors all the time and special edition flavors. So get yourself your hands on these bars. They're not only delicious. We're talking about the flavor, but they're also good for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs per bar. That is a great nutritional profile to go along with the great selection of flavors. Get yourself a mix box and you get to try all of these lovely flavors that myself and Matt are talking about. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and then you can get yourself some Built Bars and get them a 15% off. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I've got one more question for you, Matt, and this one is actually about the Sacramento Kings, and it's about their starting center, who they re-signed, Rashawn Holmes. Now, I've been frustrated at times with the way that Walton has used Holmes. You know, like, oh, he's great, he's our best center, then plays him 28 minutes a night. Last season, he played just 29 minutes a night, despite, again, being their best center. And now, they have brought in Alex Lynn, Tristan Thompson, yeah, guaranteed Damian Jones, drafted Nemeus Keita, Marvin Bagley can play some center. There's Chemezi Metu there. There's centers coming out of their ass. There's centers all over the place. So I say this to Rashawn Holmes, is their best center. He's possibly their second best player. He Is there a way, with all these other guys there, that Walton goes, oh, we've paid him, he's good, we need him to win. Can we actually push him into a role that would be commensurate with a high-quality high starting center? I think the two biggest areas of improvement for Rashawn Holmes that should translate to minutes would be more rim protection. Um, better rebounding, I'll include in there, but that's not what I was, I was going to say. And then um, the ability to space the floor on offense, which I've seen him work on that three-point shot. He hits them uh, when he's working in practice and warm-ups before the game, but in-game, of course, is, is very different, as you know. But I agree with you completely. Rashawn Holmes should be playing more minutes. And I think part of Luke's hesitation to play Rashawn Holmes more at the start of last season had to do with him sharing the floor with Marvin Bagley in that starting lineup. And the Kings were still heavily invested in, let's see what we have in Marvin, if he can truly be part of this core going forward. Uh, plus, we didn't know if Rashawn Holmes was going to come back. There was also rumors that the Kings were going to potentially shop Rashawn Holmes at the trade deadline if they felt that they weren't going to be able to re-sign him. Now, I think it's a tremendous win for the Kings that they were able to re-sign him, especially for the price point that they got him at. 
but I agree with you. He needs to be playing more. And as much as I like Alex Len behind him, and as much as I like the physicality that Alex Len provides, you need more minutes out of Rashawn Holmes. The Tristan Thompson things I'm, I'm still confused about. Um, I, I want Rashawn Holmes playing more minutes over him. I like Chemezi Metu a lot. I like Dam- Damian Jones a little bit. Rashawn Holmes should be playing boatloads more minutes over them. The reality is Rashawn Holmes gives you the best chance to win when he's on the floor at that center spot. And the Kings are trying to win games right now. So it seems like two Lego blocks that perfectly go together. It does seem like that, but uh, Lego blocks fitting together in the Kings uh, rotation lineup, front office coaching, all those decisions don't always necessarily quite align as perfectly as we would hope, Matt. One's a Lego block and one's a Tinker Toy, and we just kind of jam them together <laughs> here to, and, and hope that something works. At some point, maybe they're going to fit, but we don't know. Hopefully, it is this year for the Kings. Hopefully, they can push into, at the very least, the play-in game. We'll get into the playoffs. It's going to be a really wild Western Conference, and of course, you're going to cover everything for us, for the Kings, over on the Lockdown Kings podcast, all through the preseason, into the regular season, and hopefully for you, into the postseason. Matt, thank you for coming back on to uh, Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. Josh, it's an absolute pleasure. I will say the Kings have uh, made their bed and they've set the bar clear. It's playoffs or bust for this team. So if they don't make the playoffs or the play-in, it's a catastrophic failure and you're going to see heads rolling by the end of it. Maybe even uh, a new general manager in Monty McNair's head rolling at the end of it too. So there's, there's high expectations in Sacramento and the patience is tapped. There is some sort of change coming, whether that's making the playoffs or a new, uh, new regime in some, some description. Matt, thank you for coming on. That'll do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I know I said those in the wrong order, but that's fine. Also on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. All of that stuff. My voice is cracking. Too much screaming at the footy last night or at the TV watching the footy last night. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.